episode 141 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Finer Points. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. Visit learnthefinerpoints.com to find out more. Hey guys, my name is Jace Brennan. I am 19 years old. I am a current first officer on the Pilatus PC-12 out of a Denver base, part 135 airline. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is with Jace Brennan. Jace is pretty much as young as you can possibly be to be flying right seat in a PC-12 for a 91K-135 operator. If you want to know why you are going to, or if you want to know how, you're going to have to listen to this whole podcast. It is pretty crazy. He knew at a young age he wanted to be a pilot. We talk about how he actually made that happen. You know, a lot of people have dreams at a young age to actually become pilots, but not everyone makes it happen right away. So instead of putting it off, Jace just went right into it. And it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty awesome story. And uh, I'm looking forward for everyone hearing it. If you like today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can check us out on our website, pilotthepilothq.com. Email me, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's where the most active and that's where we, we message. That's where we post. That's where pretty much anything Pilot the Pilot will be on Instagram at Pilot the Pilot. Aviation, I don't want to keep you much longer. It's me a nice, short, sweet intro. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So without any further ado, here's Jace Brennan. Jace, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I'm happy to be here. No problem. And we we're talking before you listened to one of the podcasts, heard that you just need to reach out to Kylie and Kylie's kind of the middleman or middle woman in this case. And apparently you, uh, you talked her into coming on the podcast. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Kylie definitely uh, hooked it up. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's go and get started. Why aviation? I mean, as you said, you're 19 years old, you're flying a Pilatus. Uh, not many 19-year-olds get to do that. So I'm guessing you must have been into aviation and knew this is what you wanted to do right from the get-go. Um, yeah, actually, I, I wasn't uh, like most uh, people that get started really early. I wasn't really born and raised in an airplane for the most part. My grandpa is actually a retired United pilot, so I was kind of around aviation and knew it existed from a pretty young age, but I was never really uh, thinking about it as an actual career until a little bit later. Uh, my grandpa was kind of building RV7 when I was growing up, so I went on a couple rides in that throughout my childhood, and that always had me pretty interested. I was always a huge fan of going up and flying with him. Uh, but I also, I never really thought about it as a career. I kind of thought it was just a, a old person thing, honestly. Um, and so my dad and I, we had uh, RC airplanes. Uh, for some reason, we got tired of uh, crashing the little RC airplane. So we figured it'd be a good idea to start flying the real ones. Um, so one day I came across a video on YouTube. I think it was Mr. Aviation 101, honestly, but I'm really not even too sure on that. But I saw as a younger guy flying. So I said, well, I mean, this guy's not that old. Maybe I could probably do that. So uh, I started kind of asking my grandpa about what to do. Um, he pretty much immediately got me a ride in his friend's RV8. He was pretty excited to hear that somebody was uh, wanting to fly in the family. So. Uh, I went out and uh, we went in his friend's RV8. Uh, we just had an absolute blast. Uh, I remember everything like it was yesterday, honestly. We went out, cruised around. We did some light aerobatics, just had a, a super good time. And then uh, we got back and then I, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I really kind of 
realized that that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Uh, so from that moment on, it really was just everything in my life was pretty much catered towards being a pilot as soon as possible. So that's kind of how I got started. How old were you? I was uh, 13 uh, when I first started flying, uh, like actually taking lessons. So so your grandpa was pretty excited to see someone else wanted to be a pilot in the in the family? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, he just grew up with, uh, he grew up doing kind of the same thing. He started when he was real young um, and he had uh, four daughters and unfortunately none of them wanted to be a pilot. So I uh, figured he'd uh, get his little bug out through me, so. <laughs> What about your dad? You said you guys were flying RC planes and was it both of you guys wanted to try to go fly or was it just you? Um, yeah. So actually me and my dad, we both started learning how to fly at the exact same time. Um, so when I was doing my, uh, that flight in the RV eight, then my dad was like, Oh man, that'd be fun. I've always kind of wanted to be a pilot. Um, so then we started taking uh, introductory flights at our, our local flying school. Um, and so we both started doing it the exact same time. We both did our intro flights on the very same day. Uh, so I'd sit in back for all his lessons and then he'd sit in back for all my lessons. Um, and then we just kind of went through our, our training together. Uh, after we were about 25 hours, he got tired of renting uh, the school's airplanes. And then he went and bought a 182. Um, so that's pretty much what I've done most of my training in, um, from my, when I was 13 all the way up till my, my double I. So that's crazy. That's cool. It's always nice to have your own 182. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely makes things a lot easier. That's for sure. Was, um, when you and your dad were both kind of training at the same time, was there a competition at all to see who could be the best, who could do it the fastest? Was it, was it hard for your dad to to maybe see you being so young, like doing better than him? Or was it kind of just, everyone was there supporting each other and getting you both through it. Yeah, no, exactly. It was, it was pretty competitive for the most part. Um, he kind of definitely saw the age thing as, is uh, not a benefit to him. That's for sure. Um, so when I was learning, I was, I was 13. And so a 13 year old learned a little bit different than a 40 something year old. So I kind of learned things a lot easier than he did. So he kind of struggled with that, um, and uh, that was that was a little bit of a kill to the ego for him, not <laughs> being able to uh, learn as fast as me. That's hilarious. Has but, he gotten over that yet, or is he still salty about that? Yeah, no, no he's still kind of that way a little bit. He doesn't <laughs> want to fly professionally or anything. He just flies for fun. But yeah, he definitely is. Uh, he's, he definitely makes sure to remind me that it's. It's only because I'm younger that we're flying a little bit different. So that's really funny. Does he have his private? Did he get anything else other than his private? Where is he in his training or in his pilot life? Yeah. So he just got his private when I was 13 still. And so once he got his private, then we were finally able to go out and fly. And I'd, I'd fly from the right seat a bunch just kind of once we got in the air. But for the most part, he, uh, he just, had no desire to go get his instrument or anything like that. So he has his private and tail wheel now. Um, he decided to get a, a carbon cub. He's always watched like Trent Palmer and the Pades videos and stuff like that. And really, really had the bug to go do some backcountry flying. So 
uh, he recently just bought a carbon cub. And okay. so we do a lot of fun flying in that. And that's his, that's his baby now. Yeah. Watching Trent Palmer and the Patey brothers can be very, very expensive and dangerous because you start seeing <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. You're like, man, I need a carbon cub. I need a kit Fox. I can do yeah. that. It's like, I live in the East Coast. I live in Chicago now, but like growing up on the East Coast and stuff, it's like, well, I need a carbon cub to do backcountry Carolina flying, right? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They definitely make it look pretty fun. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. They're like walking advertisements for those companies. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hey, Trent Palmer, do you want a kit box? Do you want a carbon cub? We'll give you anything. Right? Please just, <laughs> just uh, put it on video. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's a good problem to have. That'd be that'd be great. So uh, if anyone wants to hook me up with a plane, you know we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. When you were yeah. when you were thirteen, you that's when you kind of your dad was training. You were you were kind of training as well, but I mean your training looked a lot different. Your path to getting your private looked a lot different because you can't get your private until you're seventeen, right? You can't sell it till you're sixteen. So what was your training looking like? Was it just going up and flying with your dad, or would you actually do instructor flights and and log that time, but just know that you can't actually solo or take your check right until later yeah so i knew that i was gonna have to wait it like about four years anyways from when i first started to when i could get my private um so that made things a little bit um more challenging really or not really challenging but it just kind of always was eating at the back of my brain wanting to wish i was older um so i i just started learning to um fly when i was 13 and then from when I was 13 to 17, I took lessons pretty regularly. Uh, my dad would always say, no, you're, you're 13, you know, you don't need to, to take lessons all the time. And I'd always, I'd always find some way to talk him into it. Uh, so he knew that it was always kind of going to benefit me. So I just kept taking lessons. Uh, once I turned 16, I soloed on my 16th birthday. I had, I think, 90 hours when I soloed. Um, so I had plenty of plenty of time but i also probably had another 100 150 hours just sitting in the right seat doing all the radio calls and stuff like that um so that was i definitely got really lucky with the scenario i was in because my parents definitely supported me a ton and uh, they knew that it was going to be for my benefit um my dad was a, a construction worker growing up and he so he knew my my grandpa and he saw him going to work like a third of the month. And he's like, yeah, you need to do that. It seems like a, a really awesome career and you don't have to, um, actually like destroy your body doing it. So he was really, um, for me taking lessons and was really supportive of it. So yeah, me and him, we, he kept taking lessons even after he got his private, just so he could feel comfortable. So he'd sit in back for all my lessons also so we were always kind of constantly learning together so it worked out really well for a lot of people listening to this there might be people students or just someone that wants to fly in similar shoes as you as where they know they want to do this or 12 13 14 whatever it may be um giving them recommendations maybe they don't have access to an airplane like you did would you say so someone that's 13 years old listening to this they want to be a pilot but should they go train should they uh, try to go fly for fun like what should they do in between 13 and 16 or 13 and 15 you know kind of preparing for that solo preparing for that check ride do you have any kind of advice for someone that's in the younger stage of uh, their aviation career yeah of course so um if i was in my shoes but i didn't have the all the opportunities that I was unfortunately blessed with, I'd uh, go out and go to the airport, you know, meet people, talk to people. If you're, 
a young kid and you're just really interested in aviation, people are going to love to help you out for the most part. But yeah, most people in aviation, they are always uh, willing to help you out for the most part. I mean, most people that you go and talk to at the at the airport, every once in a while, you'll have a bad one in the bunch. But for the most part, everybody's super, super willing to teach you. And so I just go out and talk to people, try to fly um, as much as possible. I mean, of course, it's you're not going to be able to fly all the time. But if you can go out and make connections with a guy that has a, a 172 or 182 that just flies to breakfast every weekend and you can go tag along with him all the time. I mean, it's just awesome opportunities and just really make as many connections as possible Um, because the more connections you have, the more people are going to be willing to help you out and the more opportunities that you'll uh, come across. Do you think it's worth it for someone that's 14 to even pay for, for CFI new training lessons? Or do you think you should wait until you're closer to solo age? Um, you know, it's really a little bit of both. I think you'd always want to have some, actual like CFI lessons. But I mean, if you don't have any CFI lessons, it really doesn't matter. You might learn a little bit more at the CFI, but who knows? It really depends on who you're flying with. If you're flying with a guy that really is knowledgeable and can teach you a lot, that might be way better and way cheaper than actually flying with the CFI. So really whatever you can get your hands on, I'd say would be the the best option. You know, if you have if you have some good connections that can go out and teach you a little bit and it won't cost you anything, definitely don't hesitate to go do it. Um, really show people that you you'll do anything it takes to go fly, you know, show that you love it and, and the opportunities will come. But I think having a CFI there when you're younger really isn't a necessity. Um, it really, it can benefit you, but I mean, it really depends on the scenario. If you have a, a good friend to go fly with. That's always an awesome opportunity as well. Yeah. So I probably, what you're, you're kind of getting at what I would agree with is that just get as much exposure to the industry, to airplanes, to kind of the environment that aviation <laughs> is. And that's going to the airport, talking to people, uh, chatting up the old guys and girls and, and, and hoping one day they're like, Hey, you want to come for a ride? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much when I was learning how to fly, I'd, I'd always go and try to talk to as many people as possible. And, try to get as many connections as I could. So that really, uh, even when you're like 14, 15, you won't realize how much it'll benefit you. But once you turn 18, you get your commercial and they're able to give you like recommendations to, um, go work at, uh, certain companies, you know, it really is a, a big benefit. And plus it's, it's also uh, really fun just meeting new people and always having, uh, having some new friends to, uh, chat about aviation with. yeah absolutely what was your training like um i know obviously you said you did uh, you did a lot of flying with your dad in the right seat you got to do the radio so you probably felt very comfortable with that was there anything that was very difficult for you in training or was having you said you had 90 hours when you when you soloed right yeah so yeah. was so you, i'm guessing you felt pretty comfortable by then but maybe when you first started flying or when you were you were studying and, and you're first getting into this was there anything that you really struggled with or was really difficult for you um, you know, the, the flying aspect of things actually came fairly, um, not easy, but to me, um, for the most part, I, I grew up on a farm, so I had a lot of exposure, like using like equipment and stuff from a really young age. So a lot of that kind of transferred over, um, from like the mechanical aspect of it. 
Uh, hitting the books was a little bit difficult for me at first because uh, I was always just wanted to fly. I never wanted to hit the books, really. And that's, as you know, that's one of the most important parts of flying. Uh, but after a while, I, I kind of got in a rhythm where I'd study at my certain times and, and try to get as much uh, knocked out of it as I can. But for the most part, really, it was up until my I was taking my CFI check ride. It was pretty easy for the most part. Um, but once I um, started taking my CFI and um, my double I, that was when things started to get a little bit more difficult. Um, my, I had my commercial on my 18th birthday and then my uh, commercial multi about two or no, a week after that. And then two weeks after that, I had my CFI check ride as well as my double I was another week or two after that. So I had about four check rides in the span of like two months. So that was kind of when things were a little bit difficult and stressful. But for the most part, it was really, I, I had some good opportunities where I could really study as much as possible. So it really, um, it really made things a lot easier. Wait, so you were 18 and you had your CFI or your CF double I? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a it was kind of a hectic time, that's for sure. So right after my commercial multi check ride, I was I was studying up for my CFI check ride, and then uh, I believe it was on nine eleven. Then my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer, so then there was like a really really stressful time because um, I was always just kind of worried about that a little bit because we didn't know like what stage or anything it was at that time, so we kind of had no idea what was going on with that. And then I had to take the, one of the hardest check rides. So that was a uh, definitely not an awesome time, but I'm glad I got it done. Yeah. I'm glad you did too. It, it's crazy at 18. I was like, I was just playing sports You know, I was getting ready to go to college. I, I wasn't thinking about what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Well, I thought I was going to play sports, but I wasn't thinking about like a career. Were you really the only one of your friend group that was kind of doing your career at such a young age? Were they all kind of impressed with you? Like, oh, that's the pilot. Like he's always known he wants to do that. What was, what were your friends kind of opinions and, and when they were in that stage of life as well? Yeah. So my friends, they pretty much ever since I was eighth grade, they, everybody just called me pilot guy or something like that. Anything along those lines, I'm sure you know how it goes. Um, but so once I was uh, going through high school, I was pretty much been in, all my time in high school shopping for airplanes and stuff and just looking at airplane stuff all the time in class. So everybody kind of always knew me for like flying for the most part. So uh, I really was kind of, a, I grew up in a, in a smaller uh, town. So my school was pretty small. So everybody pretty much knew everybody, but yeah, I was pretty much the only one that really knew what I was wanting to do after high school for the most part. Some of my friends, they, they had ideas and stuff of what they wanted to do and they went out and got jobs and stuff. But, um, yeah, knowing what I wanted to do from a young age, I didn't realize how much of a blessing it was at the time, but looking back on it, it, it really was such a benefit because you can really kind of cater everything towards that goal from a young age. You know, if you, if you're not sure of what you want to do, it might be a little bit more difficult to, to set yourself up for, um, to complete your goals as quickly as you'd like, but you know, everybody has their own path. Everybody goes at their own pace. So I just got really, really lucky that I figured out what I wanted to do at a young age. Um, so 
having uh going through high school and stuff like i said I, everybody um kind of just knew me as the as the pilot kid you know and uh that was pretty much my uh my thing i guess was it hard for you to do well in school when it was kind of probably difficult for you i guess it was it hard for you to focus because you knew you want to be a pilot and you're probably sitting there like well this really has nothing to do. Like I'm just here so I can get graduate and then keep flying. Was it hard for you to focus in school? Was it hard for you to put the time in to study for school or was it relatively easy? Okay. Yeah. So, um, when I was going through high school and pretty much all the classes I knew that I, I wasn't going to use and, and that I knew that weren't going to be applicable to, um, aviation or that I could, that will really benefit my benefit me in my life. Uh, I kind of wouldn't pay attention for the most part. So that really wasn't uh, a great uh, idea for me to do that. But it was hard for me to pay attention when it really wasn't important that I thought, you know, I could I could always focus pretty good whenever I was talking about airplanes or aviation. But whenever it came to English, it was just game over. <laughs> what were your parents pretty tough on you? Were they like, look, dude, we know you want to be a pilot, but you got to do well in school. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't like ridiculously tough on me. I didn't have any failing grades. I was like an AB student for the most part. Um, so I wasn't doing like too bad, but, uh, they definitely understood that I, I wasn't going to need a lot of the stuff that they were teaching me at the time. Um, so yeah, for the most part, they were pretty relaxed with me about it. They saw that I was, um, pretty driven to go fly. So, uh, that's really, uh, that was kind of the biggest thing for, for them to see that I, I cared about something. So they knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, throw everything away just to uh, do something stupid. Did you use flight simulator at all when you were, uh, when you were younger or did you mainly focus on just trying to fly actual airplanes? You know, I, I tried to get into flight simulator and I, I really couldn't for the most part. Some guys use it as a tool a lot and they really can learn a lot from it. But that, that really wasn't me for the most part. And I, I got like, I don't even remember what it was. It was just a little cheap one and, and I didn't, I couldn't get into it really. But for the most part, I was just doing the, the actual flying in the real airplane. So I definitely got pretty lucky with that. But I mean, if some of you guys out there are listening and you don't have a airplane that you can go out and use, definitely use flight simulator and learn how to use it. And, um, you can really learn a ton from it. Yeah. Were you able to take up any of your friends? Like say when you got your private, when you're 17 and were you able to take your friends up, your family up at all? Or did you kind of just do solo time building and flying with your dad? Um, yeah. So I, I took a lot of friends up. I tried to, um, give as much people exposure to it as possible. So for them, when I was first, uh, got my private, my mom and my dad were my first passengers. But after that, I'd go flying with friends a lot, just guys around the airport, you know, that wanted to go flying. I'd do a lot of uh, flying with other people. Um, when I was 17, um, I was doing a Young Eagles flight. So that that definitely caught a, a couple of uh, parents off guard that I was still young enough to be doing the Young Eagles flights. But I was I was giving rides to their their precious kids. I was so going to say, you're uh, 17. Weren't you supposed to be the Young Eagle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they, I definitely got some weird looks from some parents and, uh, definitely a lot of questions, but once you took them up, they just absolutely loved it for the most part. And that was the thing I, I really wanted to give back to other kids that were, 
um, flying that or that wanted to fly, but they didn't have the opportunities to go out and go fly and have a family that could help them get through it. So I just kind of wanted to help uh, some other kids see that like, okay, so this kid's pretty young. Maybe I could do that too. You know, (laughs) this kid's only, I think I had one kid that was only one year younger than me when I was doing some young Eagles ride. So hopefully that was a little bit motivating for him, but um, you never know. I mean, who knows, maybe in a couple of years I'll be flying with somebody and they're like, Hey, yeah, you gave me my, young eagles ride so i hope that happens some point but we'll cool. see did any of your friends ever think about getting in aviation after that we're like dude this is pretty cool i want to do this um not really for the most part some of them always kind of thought it was cool but they never decided to get into it really um i've had a lot of friends in aviation that i wasn't really um super close with at the beginning you know but then once we kind of just started um, flying and they saw how I was progressing and I saw how they were progressing. Uh, we kind of just motivated each other a lot to go ahead and, and just get things done as quick as possible and, uh, try to do everything like, well, but it was also a lot of fun having, um, younger people to go fly with. Cause I mean, as you know, aviation is a lot of older people. Um, and sometimes it can get a little bit boring if you're just flying with older people all the time. Um, but when you go out and get in an airplane with, three teenagers it can be a lot of fun yeah uh, as long as as long as nobody does anything too dumb so. yes don't do anything stupid <laughs> yeah. uh going back to when you said your mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and you were coming up with your cfi check ride what so there's a lot of distractions in, in life and obviously that's a huge distraction and a, and a very important like your, your brain and your, your mind is on two separate things at once when it needs to be a time where you need to be really focused on uh, studying for your cfi how would you recommend someone not necessarily going through that same situation, but you know, just life kind of gets in the way for someone that has to, to juggle multiple things. How do you prioritize studying and how do you kind of, when, when, when you're there, you, how do you tell yourself to only focus on flying at certain times when you, when you really need to? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really hard to um, kind of balance the two. Uh, Cause for the most part growing up, I never had anything like that where I was having to really, um, choose between like my outside life and my, my family life and flying, you know, they kind of went together. Um, so it, it was a little bit difficult for sure. But when I, the kind of the way I got through it is I, I knew my mom, no matter what happened, she wanted to see me, um, succeed and, and do the best that I could. So I just kind of really had to, um, put my head to the grindstone and, and really just kind of grind through it and try to get, uh, just try to get the check ride done, pass. And um, then I, once I was done with that, then I could really kind of focus on spending some time with my family. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of always just had to think, well, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So I just got to at least try to put my best foot forward and, and try to do things to the best of my ability instead of uh, just kind of focusing on, on uh, what's going wrong instead of what's going right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way I got through it. When you were going up with your examiner, the CFI, uh, was he kind of like, you're, you're 18 and you're taking your check ride? Or was he like, oh, sweet, you're 18 and you're taking your check ride? Like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, most people were pretty pretty excited to be flying with uh, with the younger guy. Um, they, they liked it for the most part. Nobody was really, none of the examiners at least, were really too shocked by it. Um, when I was younger flying around, my mom definitely wasn't a fan, that's for sure. Um, I tell my dad, like, Hey dad, is it cool if I go out and take the 182 out for a spin, go do some, 
maneuvers and work on some pattern work and be like, Oh yeah, for sure. Go ahead. And then my mom be like, sorry, what? You know, she, uh, she definitely was not a fan of letting her, uh, her, her kid go out and fly an airplane by himself for a little while, but now she, now she's pretty comfortable with it, thankfully. But what made her more comfortable with it? The, taking her up and showing her that you could actually do this, your grandpa talking to her, your dad convincing her. What was it that made her comfortable? Um, my dad and my grandpa were always like, you know, he's fine. Like he'll be all right. Um, but that really never made a difference for the most part. Uh, it was until my, uh, until I started flying for work where she actually kind of was like, okay, I can relax a little bit. He does this for a job now. So I can, I can trust him to not do anything dumb, but yeah, that was, that was a main reason or main time where she actually was like, okay, we're, we're good now. So going back to when you were 13, you kind of were introduced to this aviation career with that flight and you knew this is what you wanted to do for a career. Now, when someone says they want to do this for a career, especially at that young age, I'm guessing, especially with the exposure of your grandpa being a, a pilot, an airline pilot, you probably were solely focused on how do you become an airline pilot as quick as possible, right? Um, Actually, not really. So when I was in high school, my freshman and sophomore years, this is when I I really tried in high school. I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy or Naval Academy or anything like that, really, to where I could fly in the military. Uh, that was my main goal. I remember watching the Thunderbirds. And then after that, I, I was pretty set on trying to fly in the military. Um, so my shift, uh, my focus kind of shifted a little bit from wanting to fly in the military to wanting to fly in the airlines because the airlines were really awesome about seven months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was really trying to get in the airlines and as quick as possible and get a seniority number. Um, now that, uh, the airlines aren't doing super great. Um, my goal or my desire to go fly in the military still is really, um, not gone away. Um, so I'm kind of shifted my focus to trying to get a, my degree done as quickly as possible. And then as well as, uh, go get a spot flying, any sort of fighter really in like an air national guard or a reserve unit. So that's kind of my main focus now. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you're, you're flying a PC 12. Are you also in college right now? Or are you uh, taking like, what are you, what are you doing for school to get your degree? Yeah. So I'm going through Utah Valley university, their online program. So I'm doing a professional pilot degree. Um, so they gave me about, 36 credits right off the bat for just having my ratings done. Um, and I haven't taken a ton of classes so far. Now I, I up my workload to taking classes full time as well. I think I'm taking four classes a semester. Um, so it's, it's pretty busy having to work and then do school full time as well. Uh, but you know, the online program at Utah Valley university is super flexible and I can really, um, it's really catered towards, uh, people working at the airlines. So I, I really love it. Honestly, I just want to get my degree done as quick as possible at this point. So I can hopefully start applying to a guard or a reserve unit. Did you ever think about going to any of the academies? Was that ever in the cards for you? Yeah. When I was, uh, first in high school, I wanted to go to the air force Academy pretty bad. Um, and as well as the Naval Academy too, uh, really any of them that I could have got in, but yeah, so my uh, focus to go to the military academies was really my main goal from my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Um, and then after a little while, and I was in my junior year, 
my focus sh- then shifted from being a uh, going or wanting to go in the military academies to then trying to do this online program and get a job flying somewhere. Uh, the military academies really do have awesome programs, I think, and um, a lot of people get some really awesome opportunities out of them. Uh, but I really wasn't thinking that was a lifestyle for me. I really didn't want to have to be studying 14 hours a day and get yelled at on top of that for four years of college. So um, that wasn't my my goal, really. I still I wish I would have tried a little bit harder for the military academies, but I'm really happy where I'm at um, doing the online program and working at an airline. I can have a lot of flexibility so I can travel and jump seat wherever I want and um, really have a lot of flexibility on whatever I want to do. So I'm uh, pretty thankful for where I'm at right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in a very unique opportunity where by the time you're graduating high school, you had everything you needed to, to go fly and make money in this career and start that early. Now, you probably couldn't get on with an airline because... I mean, I don't really, I think it's 20, do you have to be 21 to be at an airline? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So for a 121, like a regional, you have to have a uh, restricted ATP, which you have to be 21 for. Uh, So that's kind of the main thing holding me back right now. But um, my company that I'm at um, is a really awesome opportunity for me at the, like right now, because I wasn't going to be able to go fly anything else for another two years. Uh, anyways, because my age. And so now instead of flight instructing, I'm flying a, a Pilatus. I'm getting a lot of uh, really good experience flying in IMC and icing and uh, actually shooting approaches into major airports. Um, so that's really awesome experience. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy we're, uh, with the company that I'm at now. Yeah. So you got your CFII and CFI. Did you actually have to instruct at all? No, thank goodness I did not. Uh, so my... I got it just in case. And when I was actually in, when I was uh, going through my CFI and my CFII training, I actually got the uh, call for my interview for with my current company. So I kind of went through both of those knowing that, okay, I'm not going to have to CFI. I'm glad I got it though, because I, I can log most of the time that I fly with my dad, um, which we do a lot of flying in the Cub and stuff around here. So it definitely makes it uh, worthwhile. Um, but yeah, once I was, it was actually the same day I figured out my mom got diagnosed. I got the, uh, call for my interview with boutique. So it was a, it was really a mix of emotions. I'm like, man, I'm so excited. But then I'm also like not excited at the same time, kind of bummed out, but it all worked out. Um, but yeah, it was a really weird, uh, mix of emotions for a little while there. Cause I was so excited and like, so bummed out at the same time, but, uh, it really, uh, it worked out well. Yeah. From the the high, like that's a very big high knowing you're not going to have to CFI or you finally can kind of see your career coming to you and you had to wait a long time. I mean, that's the, one of the curses of knowing you want to be a pilot at such a young age is that you can't do much about it. You know, there's very little you can do. You can try to go fly as much as you want, but you're just very limited to how young you are. And then you finally kind of saw that you can see your career progressing and then you get some other bad news on top of that. So that must've been a very, very weird situation. And just, yeah, like I said, highs of highs and lows of lows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, um, pretty interesting. That's for sure. But when I was 17, you know, I had quite a few or quite a bit of time between when I got my instrument rating and when I was doing my commercial, um, obviously I was kind of getting ready for my 
commercial multi and CFI and double I all at the same time a little bit. So I was studying a bunch. Um, but when I knew I couldn't, I wasn't old enough to go do anything yet. I'd always try to meet as many people as possible and make as many connections. And um, that's really the biggest thing in aviation. I mean, even when you're working on your private, you can make some connections with people that can really help you. As soon as you get your commercial, they might help you get on. Uh, for example, when I was like a couple months before I got my commercial, I knew this one, uh, I didn't even know it really, but this girl off Instagram worked at the current company that I work for now. And I asked her, I'm like, Hey, I'm wanting to go there in a couple of months. Is there anything that I can um, do to kind of make myself stand out? Uh, is there anything I can do that I would really increase my odds of getting on there? Um, and she gave me some pointers and stuff like that. And, uh, four months later, I got a DM from the same person saying, Oh, guess who got your interview? So that definitely made, uh, made it worthwhile reaching out to people, um, and really trying to get as much knowledge from everybody that you can, you know, even if you're not necessarily just like sucking up to a person, trying to, trying to just become buddy, buddy with them for a, for a job. I mean, nobody is really going to want to help you out if you're doing that. But I mean, if you're really interested in it and you talk to people and try to get as much, um, knowledge and information that you can, uh, you're going to be set up really nice once you're, once the opportunities kind of come up, it's really like making your own luck. I, I think, uh, you can get really lucky in situations, but if you put yourself in spots where, um, people will, um, be likely to kind of help you out and give you these really lucky opportunities, it, it's, uh, makes it worthwhile reaching out to people and, and, um, and uh, doing some networking. Yeah. This is interesting because I feel like when you're that age and you know what you want to do and you're reaching out to people on Instagram, did you ever find yourself worrying that maybe you're going to come off as kind of like annoying or you were afraid that they weren't going to want to answer you at all? Or was it kind of just like, hey, I'm just going to shoot my shot. If you can help me out, that'd be great. If not, I'll just go on to the next. Yeah. I mean, I never really was... Um, would, I wouldn't like just message people and be like, Hey, will you help me out here? You know, and stuff like that. I'd really just, um, message people, ask them questions, you know, try to get an idea. I never really got too nervous doing it because I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, they don't answer. And then I go on with my life, like nothing, like nothing ever happened really. So I was always, uh, I always, uh, decided to, um, message people and, and didn't really hesitate about it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to a bunch of strangers on the internet about nothing, but I, I would never hesitate to ask people about their job and how they got there and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting. I was listening to the podcast with, uh, Michael Maniero and I, I never have met Michael. I've always just seen his stuff on like Instagram and I, I messaged him a little bit, but it, it's so crazy how, I never met the guy, but seeing his stuff on like Instagram and, and all the stuff that he has accomplished, it really did motivate me a lot throughout my training because I saw like, okay, there is plenty of options for people like my age to actually go out and, and be successful and, and try to accomplish as much as possible. You know, like there's no reason to, to wait till I'm old enough to go to the airlines anyways. I can just start now and really try to accomplish a lot as uh, soon as possible. Yeah, Mike is a, a great motivator because he's done a lot for how young he is. I mean, he's sitting in a triple seven right now, flying. It's, you know, he's got to be one of the youngest people to be typed in a triple seven. So, I mean, what he's yeah. doing is pretty crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Is it's that your goal to try impressive. to beat him? 
Um, you know, it's not like a tried to beat him, but I mean, there's definitely like just a little bit of like competitiveness. Yeah. Um, or not really competitiveness, but just kind of, he makes me want to try to excel as much as possible and try to do as much cool stuff as he has. Um, cause he really has, uh, put himself in some pretty good spots. And I mean, it's weird cause I, I don't know the guy, but just seeing him off Instagram, you know, I really, I just get motivated by seeing what other people are doing. Um, and you can kind of use that as fuel to kind of just keep pursuing, uh, the opportunities that I want to, um, pursue, you know, I don't want to hold anything back at all. So. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's definitely important to kind of, like you said, uh, go after it and realize that you do have an opportunity to make a name for yourself at a very young age. You don't have to wait until 21, 23. You don't have to be 30 to do what you want to do. Go for it now and uh, just go for your dreams. I mean, it's possible. It's been proven by other young aviators that they can do it. So why not you? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of, that's the biggest thing for, especially for all the people listening to this. I mean, don't, don't wait to try to um, wait for a good reason to do it, you know, just start ahead and, and really you don't have to have a reason to start flying and, and try to excel as much as possible, you know, just start as soon as possible and try to be as, um, and try to complete as much as you can. Absolutely. Well, let's take a break real quick. I'm going to got an ad real quick and then we'll get back into it. Okay. Sweet. Sounds good. All right, Jace, we are back. Um, we've kind of got, I got a couple more questions for you and then we'll end it with a rapid fire. But when you were coming in, you're graduating high school, you're, you're thinking about colleges. I know at one time you were thinking about going to the military academy and you decided online school and go fly professionally. Did you ever think about just going to a normal four-year school? Did you ever think about maybe even like an aviation school or like an Arizona State, North Dakota or anything like that? Or did you just see that you already had all your your qualifications, you already had all your ratings and it just wasn't for you? Yeah, no, I definitely thought about that for um, a little while. I wanted to go to either like Embry-Riddle or University of North Dakota. Um, but then once I, I had some friends that went to Riddle, and then I saw how much it costs. I was kind of deterred from that a little bit. Um, and University of North Dakota seems like a really good um, operation and it's not ridiculously expensive. So I was really kind of thinking about that as well. But um, the main reason why I didn't go to a four-year university um, was because it, it wouldn't have done me much good to go um, sit at a university for four years because the industry was so good at the time that I got in. I kind of just had a feeling like, all right, well, who knows how, how long it's going to be this good for. So I need to get it in as soon as possible. Um, and so that was the only reason why I didn't really go to a, a four-year university. And um, they, not to say that they don't have some really good uh, opportunities and programs. It just wasn't for me. Um, Cause by the time I turned 18, I pretty much had all my stuff that I needed to get done. So I really, it wouldn't have been uh, too beneficial for me to go sit at a university for four years. And I really am thankful for um, doing it online now because even my grandpa, you know, he's a, he's really uh, motivating for me. And I, I really did learn a lot from him and took all the things that he told me very uh, seriously for the most part. But even he was like, no, don't do your degree online. You know, it's not gonna, the, the airlines don't want that, you know, but I, 
And then I talked to other airlines, uh, guys that actually work at the airlines and they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, as soon as, as long as you have a degree, you'll be good. Um, so I really am thankful that I, um, did my degree online. Another thing with that too, my, my friends that were all, all uh, saying that, okay, you know, online college is going to be so boring. You know, you're not going to have any fun doing it. Um, they're all doing online college right now. So I, uh, I definitely got pretty lucky with that as well. Everyone is doing online college right now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it, it really wouldn't have uh, changed much except I'd be unemployed right now. So That was my next question for you is, do you ever feel like you're missing out because you're kind of, uh, you're graduating? I mean, your your kind of mentality is you're 23, 24, like you're entering the real world, you're going to work, you're, you're missing out on kind of... 18 to 21, 18 to 22, when you can, you're supposed to just go have fun. You're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to go to parties. You're supposed to do that. Do you ever feel like you're missing out? Or since, you know, obviously the situation we're now with the coronavirus, do you feel like that's helped you and realize that it does, that doesn't really matter. I just need to try to go after my dream and goals. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a little bit of that. It'd be, it'd be fun to go out and uh, really just not have any worries for a couple of years. Um, but the more I think about it, I really am, uh, really happy with the position I'm at, you know, it, not many 18 year olds can say, uh, well at the time I was 18, I, it's not as cool anymore now that I turned 19, but a couple of months ago when I was 18, um, yeah, now I'm turning these, turning one of these old folks. But, uh, when I was 18, you know, I'd always kind of think about it and, okay, well, I am uh, getting sent all across the country by myself flying a a couple million dollar airplane, you know, to flying in some of the busiest airspace that I never thought I would. And then when I'm done with that, I have flight benefits and I can jump seat to wherever I want for free, you know, so with pretty much any airline. So, I mean, just the, just the benefits of it. I really don't feel like I'm missing out on a whole lot because there's so many opportunities that I have now that I wouldn't have if I went to a, a degree or I went to a four-year university. I mean, um, so, I mean, not many 19 year olds can say that they can hop on an airplane right now and go wherever they want for free. So I'm pretty, pretty thankful for that. And I was planning on using my flight benefits a lot more, but thanks to Corona, uh, that party's over yeah. for a little bit at least. So yeah. for a little bit, hopefully sooner rather than yeah. later. When you yeah, were, definitely. when you were graduating, you were going to apply to jobs. What did that process look like? What were you looking for in a job? Does anyone that would hire you or are you very specific in who you applied to and what would help you reach your goals? Um, so boutique was always kind of my, my goal, uh, throughout high school. I, I always kind of had my sights set on that. When I was a, a junior in high school, I skipped class so I could go out and one of my uh, friends was a, a Czech airman and a flight instructor at boutique. So I skipped school and I went out and looked at the Pilatus and um, just looked around at it and talked to those guys. And I was just super excited. And that was kind of what I set all my goals uh, towards from that moment on. Um, and so fast forward a couple of years later or like a year later, I uh, knew the assistant chief pilot at my company. So I um, sent him my resume. I didn't even apply like on the actual like website, which I didn't even realize at the time, but all these guys are like, Oh, when did you apply? When did you apply? You know, when we were in that training and, uh, I was like, Oh, I, I didn't apply. I just sent my resume to the ACP and then I, and then I got on. So that's kind of a, uh, display of it's all and who, you know, really. And then if you know a little bit on top of that, 
um, it helps, but knowing uh, the right connections is definitely important in aviation. Yeah, and I guess that kind of leads me to the next question. I was going to ask, do you think you're, you would have had the opportunity to have this job if it wasn't for who you know? Because, I mean, obviously, someone gets an application from an 18-year-old. I don't know if they're going to be a little bit hesitant and be like, well, he's 18. You know, can we trust him with this? But the fact that they already knew who you were, that was kind of a, the perfect situation for you. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't, I don't think I would have had this job if it wasn't for the people I knew at my company. Because um, I got on with 500 hours. Um, so a lot of people are not going to want to hire an 18 year old, um, or pretty fresh 18. I think I got hired about two months after I turned 18. So nobody wants to hire a a fresh 18 year old with 500 hours, unless they have somebody that can kind of speak for them and say, okay, this guy's not an idiot. You know, that, that really, um, that really made a huge difference in just knowing people at the company and, um, reaching out to other people that I knew that worked there. Um, that even though I didn't necessarily know them, but I just kind of would reach out to them on Instagram and that really kind of, kind of open up a lot of doors for me. Um, so yeah, if it wasn't for, uh, knowing people, I definitely would not be in the shoes I'm in. What's life like on, on the road for you? You're single pilot, you're 18, you can't really rent a car Well, you might be able to, but it might be more expensive, but I'm guessing there's issues with that. Your passengers look at you funny. They're like, you're like my kid's age or younger than my kids. Why are you flying me? What, what kind of difficulties, challenges do you, do you face on the road? Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of made it sound like uh, we're single pilot. Um, we're actually dual crew. So I'm a, I'm a first officer. I'll upgrade to captain in a couple months. Um, but yeah, when, uh, <laughs> the passengers definitely get pretty scared a little bit for the most part. Uh, I was just talking about this with one of my captains the other day. When I first started, I'd say about every single flight, at least half the passengers would ask if I was old enough. Um, yeah, so it was pretty, because I mean, I'm young, but I also look young. You know, I, I don't look like I'm older than what I actually am. So that doesn't help at all. But I remember when I was headed down to a trip in Dallas and my very first like that had, you know, my first experience the flight attendant was doing like the walk uh, down, trying to make sure all the, um, all the, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm trying to think of the baggage compartment doors up in top. Um, Oh, the carry on luggage doors. Right. So she was going through and uh, making sure all those were uh, down and locked. And then she just stops and just looks at me and she like, looks like petrified. Um, and I'm like, what? Okay. Like, sorry. Like, and she's like, how old are you? And I'm like, 18 and then her jaw just dropped and she's like oh my goodness you know so there's definitely a lot of that um but i was talking to my captain the other day about i'm like man i must be looking old now nobody's asking me if i'm old enough every flight anymore and then uh my last flight actually this uh lady get before because at my company we we board the passengers and we brief them and i go to look at this lady's boarding pass and she says you're a pilot and i Yes, ma'am. And she said, how old are you? Like 12? <laughs> and my captain heard he got a pretty good kick out of that. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of that that goes on. Um, I don't take it too personal, though. I, I kind of think it's funny for the most part. Um, so it's definitely helped me get some um, connections at bigger airlines, you know, when I'm jump seating and people are like, like, how old are you? I'm like 18. And, and then they're automatically like really willing to, to help you out. So um and I'm pretty, uh, but yeah, I, I get a lot of, uh, questions if I'm old enough or a lot of people say, Oh, are you, are you in training? No, I'm not in training. People don't let me, uh, 
fly with other people's uh, paying passengers um, if I'm still in training, unfortunately. So. That's crazy. Have you ever had any older kind of airline pilots like request your, your documents because they just don't believe you? Or is it, like you said, been everyone's been pretty cool? Like, oh, no way. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I haven't had any of that, thankfully. Um, most people have been pretty just um, supportive of it. And they're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, but most of them believe me. So uh, most of the time, the, some of them will, won't believe that I was 19 or 18 at the time. Um, but for the most part, it was, uh, they, most people were pretty supportive of it. Yeah. What was, um, what's your favorite part of flying the PC 12? Oh, dude, the landing gear, man, it's awesome. You can, you can really, uh, grease it on down there pretty easy. Yeah. It hides bad landings. That trailing <laughs> gear is amazing. You might think you have an amazing landing, uh, but the plane is the one that really saved your butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, a lot of people, you can, you can bounce it. 15 times down the runway and people will be like, man, that is, that's the best landing ever. You know, it's way smoother than the big guys. So definitely uh, makes up for most people's flaws. So yeah, I, I love that plane. I have about a thousand hours in that airplane flying single pilot. So it was a great plane to fly. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's an awesome airplane. Yeah. I, that's probably one of my, my favorite parts about my current operation is getting to fly the Pilatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can really have a lot of, uh, diversity in it as well so that kind of makes it fun yeah you definitely can it's it's a great airplane to fly and it was on on my bucket list of things to do and i made sure i had the opportunity to fly it uh when i was deciding how i wanted my career to go so if you ever get the chance or you want to make it happen because it's a fun plane and once you get to the airlines you're very rarely going to want to go back and fly it so you got to try to do it before you get to the airlines yeah exactly yeah nobody really wants to to um go back once they're already flying something faster and bigger and getting paid yeah. more so yeah that's kind of my thing now i'm trying to trying to have as much um fun and do as much things as possible right now and uh really just kind of enjoy it before i'm doing something bigger and better and getting paid a little bit more so let's say i'm going to give this to you this opportunity to kind of predict your dreams and your goals let's say you finally turn my age because i'm 11 years older than you <laughs> and 30 years old Yo, what's oh, your, yeah, what's your goal? So, old, I know, man. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a young buck yeah, anymore. Gosh, talking to you <laughs> makes me sick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you <laughs> are predicting kind of where you're going to be when you're 30, what would make you happy? Where do you want to be? What's like your goal? You listen to this in 11 years and you want to be where you want, where, where you're predicting right now. What would it be? Um, so if, uh, yeah, yeah right now, um, my biggest goal is trying to just get my degree done and get a spot flying any sort of fighter in a in the Air National Guard or a reserve unit. Um, so that's going to be like my number one goal. But I'd also like to work at Southwest. Um, I mean, everybody that works there seems to be happy to be there. You know, if, like walking through the airports, I can kind of see like, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of the mainline guys now. Um, so, you know, you talk to the United guys, it's about half and half. Uh, if they'll be uh, super nice or just like really not friendly. And then you go to Southwest and everybody's super friendly, super welcoming, just like happy to be there. Um, so that's, that's really what I'm looking for in a career. You know, I not necessarily chasing the heavy metal flying like long, like overseas trips. I really just want to have a good quality of life, enjoy where I work, have a uh, good peers to work around um, and then work at Southwest and then, fly any sort of fighter in a guard or reserve unit. So if anybody's listening to this that works at a, a guard or reserve unit, 
hit me up because I have some uh, questions for you. Uh, I have a I have a good buddy who works at Southwest, and he's listening to this. Probably I don't know when I release it, but let's just say right now Matt is listening to this. So I'll have to try to get you guys in contact. So Matt, when you're listening to this, hit me up, and I'll send you over his, his information. Awesome, yeah, that's cool. Hey, Matt. <laughs> hey, what's up, yeah, Matt? Yeah. yeah, he's a good person to know. That's all I'll say. Okay, yeah, no, it's that's that's great. Well, that's that's good goals. I mean having goals is important and you seem like you're 19 or you are not, not you seem you are 19. So you, you definitely need those goals to look up to. And you've already accomplished so much in your career. You are way ahead of someone that's 19 uh, where, where I was when I was 19. I didn't even take my first intro flight or even my first flight in a small plane until I was 20. So you were way ahead to where I was. But that also goes to show that if you're not 19 and you aren't working for flying a PC-12 already, there's still an opportunity for you to get to where you want to go. It doesn't matter when you get in. I mean, it's always nice to get in earlier, but if you get in later, it's still okay. You can still make a good career out of this. I was 20 when I got in and now I'm 30 and I was, or I still am one of the youngest people at the job that I'm at now. So you can still be young and and new into this career. Don't let Jace being 19 throw you off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, And yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. But Anybody that's listening, you know, and they're thinking about flying, you know, don't wait. Just go ahead and start doing it. You know, you won't regret it. Um, Everything that you can do as soon as possible is is awesome. But, I mean, nobody really starts at the same time. Everybody has a a different path of going through it. So, uh, yeah, just just get on it and, and start trying to work towards your goals as soon as possible. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go into the rapid fire section now, and then I'll have one more question for you after that. Um, are right. you ready for rapid fire? It's just a quick, uh, quick aviation questions. And you say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Sweet. Yeah, All I'm right. ready. The first one is a new one that was added a couple, like someone messaged me on Instagram and said, you need to ask this question. I was like, that's not a bad idea. So the first one is what is your favorite aviation book that you've used or read to either study or just for enjoyment? Um, you know, I haven't read a ton of aviation books. Can I go with like movies? Yeah, that works too. Okay. Uh, we'll go Sully. All right. That's a good one. Or, or Top Gun, actually. Oh, yeah. Top Gun's a great one. But yeah, yeah I'm sure you've never read that one before. Yeah, what's Top Gun? I don't know what that is. Is, is that Tom Cruise, I think? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite airplane out of any airplane ever made? What's your favorite airplane? Oh, man. That's hard. Um, probably. Oh man, that's a tough one. Really, any sort of fighter is probably going to be my favorite. Like the A ten is a pretty, a pretty uh, sweet airplane. I think I would uh, that'd probably be my favorite airplane if I had a chance to fly any of them. What about airliner? Um, probably the seven eight. So uh, seven seems pretty sure. Oh, Gulfstream definitely. All right. Do you have an ugliest airplane you've ever seen? Oh, probably a. Uh, Piaggio. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're happy. No, our company has two of them, and I about went to trading for them. And after looking at them a little bit, I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm gonna get so much crap for you saying that, <laughs> but I love it. Bring it on. Right. Yeah, bring it on. Here's one, yeah. and you're 19, so you still probably wish there's other stuff you you knew. But what is something you wish you knew before you became a pilot? Um. I honestly, I don't have like that many regrets on things I like wish I would have known or wish I would have done. Um, yeah, no, that's kind of, that's kind of difficult. Cause I, I'm really, I don't know. 
I feel like most of the stuff that I've actually now, when I was uh, first getting started with my airline, I wish I would have uh, had a little bit more life experience uh, when I went into my airline and I was, um, everybody was like twice my age and I realized I had no life experience. Um, that definitely made me feel a little bit dumb at some points, but yeah, I wish, I, I wish I would have known more about that, but That's funny. <laughs> not many people are in your situation. So I'm sure they can't relate. They're like, what do you mean? You don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. All right. What is, no, who in the industry would you like to meet most? Could be someone on Instagram. It could be a celebrity. It could be someone that's passed on. That's been very influential to aviation in general. Who is one person you'd like to meet? Um, you know, I think it'd be cool to meet like one of the the F sixteen like demo guys or or the A ten demo guys. Pretty much anybody in like one of the fighter demo teams. I think that'd just be awesome to just meet one of those guys and just talk to them about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would agree. All right. Next one is what's your favorite thing about aviation? Um, the opportunities and the people, um, you definitely get a lot of awesome people and really cool opportunities out of it. Hardest approach you've ever flown. Um, I don't know when I, when I first started out flying, uh, when I didn't have much IMC flying from, uh, in the soup, uh, to minimums on a snowy runway. Um, when I had pretty much never done that before, I'd say that was probably the most difficult and stressful one. <laughs> what airport was it at? It was in Clovis, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty fun one. Yeah, I've never been there before, but I'm guessing I'll be there soon. I always go to the random airport. Yeah, no, you're, you're not missing much there. <laughs> so, but what's your favorite approach you've ever had? Um, I like most approaches coming into Denver, you know, when you break out at minimums, those are probably some of my favorites. What's your favorite airport you've ever landed at? Um, man, that's hard. Probably not an airport, but some of the places I've landed in the Cove have definitely been, um, my favorite, like at least spot that I've landed at for sure. Okay. Are there, do they have names for them or is it just like a random creek? You um, found and you're not, the like some creek? like gravel bars and stuff. Uh, those are a lot of fun. Um, and then we do a lot of like just flying on like just some, not even grass strips really, but just like pastures and, and just some other little random places that you'd, I'd never thought I'd uh, take an airplane into. Would you rather fly IFR uh, or VFR? Mm, VFR. What's your favorite airport food? So say you have like a 30 minute connection. You got to go grab some food from the food court. What are you going for all the time? Oh man. I think I'm going to go with uh, Chick-fil-A. That's yeah, all. Yeah. Uh, you can never uh, mess up with Chick-fil-A. Smart kid. I like it. <laughs> Would you rather fly over mountains, beaches, or the city? And probably the beaches, I think. Airbus or Boeing? Boeing. Favorite airline livery? I like Southwest, like their newest livery, uh, like the blue, the yellow, and the red. It just yeah. kind of stands out. I it like pops. it. Yeah, for sure. Pretty, it's a pretty, it's much better than their old one. So I'll probably get crap from Matt yeah. for saying that too. But you guys did good finally. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, let's see. Would you rather fly one long trip? And I mean long trip. I'm saying like you are flying to max capacity in your PC-12 as long as it possibly can go with reserves. Or would you rather have... 10 short legs in one day? Um, I'd probably rather have 10 short legs. What's the hardest check ride you've ever taken? Um, probably a CFI check ride. Biggest win of your career? 
Um, getting on at the airlines at 18. Do you have a regret in your career? I know you kind of mentioned that you don't, but do you have the biggest regret in your career? Uh, yeah, not really. I'm, I'm pretty, um, happy with the, with the decisions that I've made so far. I'm sure, I'm sure I've, I made plenty of mistakes, but for the <laughs> most part, I, none of them have really costed me too much. I'll so, ask you that question uh, in yeah, 10 years. I don't have any. And <laughs> see where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that'd, that'd be a better way to do uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather fly a CRJ or an ERJ as a pilot? Um, the ERJ is pretty sweet, but I like the old school CRJ kind of, kind of flying, you know, I like, I like the thought of being one of the last generations of CRJ pilots. Would you rather, as a passenger, would you rather fly on a CRJ or an ERJ? Oh, ERJ, definitely. Piper or Cessna? Cessna. Uh, what's your favorite tailwheel airplane? Carbon Cub. Would you 100%. rather? That's the. Oh, keep going. Yeah. Oh no, the Carbon Cub is definitely the most fun I've ever had in an airplane. So oh. if you, anybody out there ever has an opportunity to go fly on one. Definitely go out and do it because yeah. you will not regret it and you I will be hooked. Love to. I don't have my tailwheel. I know they make a, a tricycle one that looks a little funky, but I mean, like, hey, if I try yeah. it, why not? Yeah. Still looks yeah, fun. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you're ever out in Colorado, hit me up and we'll go fly the cover. Let's out. do it. Uh, 141 training or 61? If you go back and do it all over again, would you go do 141 or do you like your 61 training? Um, 61, 100%. The flexibility, kind of go at your own pace, and especially the price, um, is definitely pretty appealing to me. All right. Last but not least, what is your favorite airline to ride on? Oh, you know, I, I don't like how Southwest doesn't have any first class, but everybody seems happy to be there all the time. So I'd probably go with Southwest. All right. You're so the, the up seats to aren't them. necessarily the most comfortable, but <laughs> it's a good environment. Yeah. No, it, it's not bad. I've only flown on Southwest yeah. twice. And the second time was enjoyable. The first time I was like really confused on what was happening with their boarding process <laughs> and, and all that. So, oh, but yeah, it, it wasn't no, bad. Actually, I take that back. I'm going to go with spirit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think anyone's ever said that, but to each his own, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. That is the rapid fire section. You've successfully finished. I only have one more question for you. You are very young in this career and you're making a name for yourself. I'm guessing people listening to this will want to be like you. They want to emulate you kind of like how you looked at the mic. You're going to have other people look up to you as well. What are some tips, maybe three, maybe one, however many you want to give for someone that is just now getting into this industry, whatever age it is, just to to progress as quick as you have, to have the goals that you have and to, to make a name for yourself in this career, what would you recommend them to do? Yeah, so I definitely say make as many connections and friends as possible. Um, aviation is so much more enjoyable if you have a lot more friends in the community, as well as just don't hesitate to go ahead and start. You know, even if you're not necessarily starting right away, um, you know, like if you're not starting super young, I mean, it's better late than ever, and just kind of start. And even if you're not flying all the time, and you don't have the resources, you can still learn as much as you want on the internet you know there's so many people that you can reach out to uh like if you have any questions in particular like for me i mean feel free to always reach out to me dm me on instagram um do whatever and i'd love to help you out but yeah just make as many uh connections and as possible and always kind of enjoy the ride you know don't don't go through training wishing that you were always i mean everybody does it where they're always wishing they were flying something bigger and faster but uh, if you just enjoy training as much as possible and 
make the most out of your time. It'll, it's just an awesome experience. Yeah, I'd agree there. I mean, when I was doing my, when I was aerial survey, I was always wishing I was in the next step. When I was found the plotus, I was always wishing I was the next step, but I do miss some, some aspects of those jobs. So enjoy the process because you're never going to be able to, most likely you're not going to be able to fly the planes that you're flying right now. Like I probably won't be flying a 310 anytime soon. won't be flying a, a Pilatus anytime soon. So I definitely miss aspects of it. Now I'm really glad I am where I am, but I, and I don't want to yeah. go back, but just have fun in the moment, enjoy where you are and enjoy the process because it's pretty cool what we get to do no matter where you are in this career. Yeah, definitely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Well, Jay, thanks for coming yeah. on the podcast, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's been a lot of fun to talk to, to talk to you and it's encouraging and it even inspires me to hear kind of the drive that you have and see how successful you've been and where you are in this career. So I wish you nothing but the best. And if you ever have any uh, questions for me, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'll be more than willing to help out, but it sounds like you got a, you got your career and you have an idea of what you want to do pretty well. So uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we'll uh, keep in touch. Definitely. We'll see you. AV Nation, that is a wrap of episode 141. If you like today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on our Instagram page. And if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash pilot, or there's links for the buy me a coffee where you just want to say thanks and buy me a coffee. That works as well. But AV Nation, don't feel like you have to do that. I appreciate you all listening to this. Share it with all your friends. Let everyone know the Pilot the Pilot podcast is out there and keep sending me recommendations for people to interview. I hope everyone's having a great day. And as always, happy flying.